Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. Well, you know, for those of us who love Jesus and know Him and have surrendered our lives to Him, you know, Christmas means different things to all of us. The Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and to mine, and I'm sure you have ideas of what Christmas means, and everybody does. And, you know, God has given me some ideas myself, and so tonight I'm going to be sharing those with you, but let's pray first. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Who do we have but you? You are everything because you loved us even when we were yet sinners. You gave us your son to save us and to change us and to make us and to grow us, to remove the shame of our lives and to give us eternal life. And for that, we're eternally grateful to you. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us as we get into your word tonight and focus our attention onto you and the birth of your only begotten son, Jesus. Bless it, Lord. Holy Spirit, bless it. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, amen. So, like I said, Christmas means different things to all of us. But pretty much, you know, the same thing because we're all, you know, been baptized by the same spirit. We've been saved. Different but the same kind of stuff. But as I was meditating on Christmas and seeking the Lord, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Christmas is about God doing the impossible. Christmas is about God doing the impossible. Man cannot save himself. It's impossible. There's no way that mankind can get right with God on their own. And that is why Jesus came, to do that impossible thing in which man could not do. And that's a good reminder because everyone's going to be getting together around the world at this time of year. And to many, it's just another uh, opportunity for them to gather with their families that they haven't seen in a while, break bread, Maybe have a few drinks if they don't, you know, if they're of that lean. But to many, it's just getting together with friends and, and, and family and just another party. And, you know, to many, they think it's about Santa Claus and, and gifts and that kind of thing. But for those of us who know the Lord, it means so much more to us. This is, you know, the, the two holidays that are most important to us are his birth, Christmas, but also his resurrection and his crucifixion, crucifixion and resurrection. Those are more than just family getting together, friends partying together. It's about remembering that God did the impossible because we can't save ourselves. And there's so many people lost in the world today that do not even understand that they're lost 
Satan has blinded this world so terribly. And there are so many who think that they're going into heaven because they rationalize that they're good people. Yeah, sure, they cuss regularly. Sure, they, you know, laugh at perverted jokes or whatever. But generally, they think to themselves, they're good people. And, you know, the reality is no one's good but God. And only God can take away our sins because he was sinless. And I was reminded of the question the disciples had asked. In Matthew 19, when Jesus was uh, trying to convince the rich young ruler uh, to follow him and to give up his wealth, and the reason why he wanted him to give up his wealth was because the young uh, man had made his wealth his idol, his God, and that was holding him back. He thought he was a good man. He said, I have kept all these commands since I was a kid, and Jesus saw through that. You see, no one can keep the commandments of God. No one, the Bible says, that we are not justified by the law because all of us have broken the laws of God, either by thought or by action. So the law doesn't justify anybody. So the Lord says, ah, here's what you're doing wrong. Here's the big thing in your life. You've made wealth, you know, your God. So give that up and follow me. Well, you know the story. He went away sorrowful that rich young ruler. And Jesus said to him, or to the, or he said, it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said that to the disciples. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished. And they said to him, well, then who can be saved? Who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. He didn't say with rich young men. He said with men, it is impossible to be saved. But with God, all things are possible. And so Christmas to me is about God doing the impossible act of giving man a way to be saved. And that way is through him. God sent his only begotten son. We know the scriptures. They're at football games. They hold up John 3.16. But it's worth repeating this evening because it says a little bit more than John 3.16. It says John 3.17 and 18 as well, which go like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. That's his plan. And when God says believe in him, he who believes in him is not condemned. He means he who has placed his trust in him is not condemned. If you were to see my life in 1997, 1998, 1999, I was so different than, I, than the man I am today, you would clearly understand something impossible has happened to that young man. I was a violent, 
terrible young man, lost as can be, running with the devil. And now I stand here completely and utterly different. How does that happen? But not, our God does impossible things. I am shocked. I sit here. I see the kids doing all of this amazing stuff and all of you singing and and me getting the blessed opportunity to, to pastor a church and I can't believe his goodness. He has done the impossible. God is alive and true. I have believed in Jesus. You know this because I follow him. Don't let anybody tell you. And this is Christmas 2021. In other words, this is Christmas. We're not playing games 2021. Because the world out there, they think they're going to get in on the curve. And you and I have to tell them the truth. That ducks quack, cows moo, cats meow, dogs bark. And Christians put their trust in Jesus. They walk after his word. They obey his word. And that is what Christmas is all about. You say, well, it's impossible for me to do those things. Exactly. It's God in and through us. John would say in his epistle, first epistle, chapter 4, verse 10, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There it is, the impossibility that God loved us first, that he sent his son Jesus to be a propitiation. Jesus was a propitiation, meaning he was the, the object of the satisfaction of the wrath of God. Because the Bible says that we've all sinned. You don't have to come from a gangster background. You could have been a good citizen, a good student, did what your parents always, you know, told you to do. But guess what? At the end of the day, we both go to hell unless we repent before Christ because all of us are sinners. Jesus told all the religious leaders, you know, you think you're good, but God looks at the heart. The world can play good on the outside, but on the inside, they're, they're tombs. Their corpses. And so the wrath that was scheduled upon my life, Jesus took that at the cross. The wrath that was scheduled for your life, he took it. And that is why we love Jesus. And that is why we're here tonight to celebrate that God sent his son to do something that was impossible for man to do. And we'll begin in Luke 1 this evening. And not only that he did the impossible, but he also did it through ordinary people to show us that it was he and not them or ourselves that did the mighty work of salvation. It was he, ordinary people. And so we're going to look at uh, Mary in Luke chapter 1, beginning with... Verse 26, and give me an amen once you are there. All right, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed uh, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. 
the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How could this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also has, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so we see here just the beautiful announcement uh, to Mary there in Nazareth. We know um, that at that time in ancient Israel that, uh, you know, folks got married at a very young age. And so Mary at this time was, you know, just a young uh, teenage uh, bride to be engaged. And, and there she was in Nazareth minding her own business one day, and the angel of the Lord appeared to her with the greatest news that any Jewish woman could ever hear. You know, the idea of it, I'm sure, was great. But the reality of going through that must have been really tough. But the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. And we can agree that that beautiful salutation to her, that beautiful, you know, rejoice, highly favored one, that that is specifically for Mary because she is highly favored of the Lord and she is blessed amongst all women because it was only Mary who had the privilege of birthing our Lord and Savior into this world. That, that blessing is specifically for her. But when I think of the Christmas story and I think of our Lord, think of how God thinks of you and thinks of me. Though this is a specific blessing for Mary, does not God say to you and I to rejoice? Throughout the Bible, we are told, rejoice. Don't stop rejoicing. Continue to rejoice. Rejoice always in the Lord. We're commanded. We're exhorted. We're told that's the way to do life. One that is joyful. One that is, you know, focused on the Lord for that joy. When we know during this time of year, there are so many people that are depressed. Loved ones have come and gone. Friends are no longer around. It's another Christmas, it's another year. And, you know, depression can set in. It's, it's fairly 
normal this time of year, amen? No? To many. But that blessing towards Mary is a blessing to us tonight. That God is reminding us in 2021, Christmas, rejoice. Don't forget to rejoice. Don't forget that God has called us to a life of joy. And it has nothing to do with our circumstances and has everything to do with our relationship with him. Rejoice in him. And it's up to you and it's up to me to to focus on joy every day and say, Lord, give me your joy supernaturally, for it is my strength, as the Bible says. We all get depressed. We all get down. Melancholy. You know, maybe some of us need to stop listening to country music. Or oldies. Or super sad worship songs, too. You know, I'm like very specific. I need uppity, uppy, jolly, inspiring worship. Because there's some that it's just like, oh, woe is me. Help me out of this pit. And I get it. We all feel that way sometimes. And we're blessed by those songs. But, you know, I kind of lean towards the more happier ones. (laughs) Because they help me. But we read the Bible and we realize that the people we respect and and love in the Bible all dealt with depression, anxiety, and worry. God would say to us tonight, yes, Mary rejoiced that Christmas time, but you rejoice, sweet hills. You are highly favored as well. The Bible says, my goodness. I mean, behold how good and how pleasant. Oh, no, you know, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called children, sons of God. We go from not knowing God to knowing him personally, not in a religious way, but we go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his light by faith in him. And we rejoice and we realize that we are so favored by him. We are so loved by him that our worth is more than we could have ever fathomed before we came to know him. We really realize what our worth is when we come to Jesus. To God, we are highly favored. Mary's favored highly. For sure, she's the only woman ever. However, you're favored if you've given your life to Jesus. And we should act like we're favored. We should, you know, really meditate on on what is the depth and the height and the width of God's favor and love for us. I think of my children and how much I love them. And I say, Lord, you love me more than I even love them a hundred million times more. You are loved. Your worth is in Christ, not in what this world tells you your worth is. Your worth is in Christ, not in what your feelings tell you you are. I mean, our feelings tell us that we're not worth much sometimes. But we don't live by our feelings. We live by the truth of God's word, and you and I are highly favored as well. That's why God says you better treat each other good, because I love each each and every one of you so much. Love one another as I have loved you. They're all highly favored, so love them all. It's true. Psalm 5, verse 11, it says, But let those who rejoice put their trust in you. 
Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. We've survived this long. I should say we've thrived this long. Because we in this room believe that we are favored by God. We are favored, loved by him. And he said to her, the Lord is with you. Where would we be if we didn't believe that the Lord was with us? I love Jesus because he's always with us. He's always with you. The good, the bad, the ugly, everywhere you go, you can travel anywhere in the world. And guess what? Jesus is still with you. But Christmas is a time for us to examine ourselves to see if we are with him. Like I said, Mary was a young a young girl at that time. She had her whole life ahead of her, engaged to the man that she loves. She must have been in, in wonder and excited about what it's going to be like to be married and to live with Joseph. And then she gets hit with this, this amazing blessing, but the amazing blessing is a very difficult blessing. Would you agree? Can you imagine what the weight of such an announcement must have been to her? Heavy. Some of the blessings that God gives us are come, come with it heavy responsibility. But because she loved God, and we don't know much about Mary. She, does, she sings a wonderful song, and we get to, you know, we, we know that they were poor, her and Joseph, that they were only able to offer a dove at the dedication of the Lord. He was a baby at the temple. They were poor. She calls herself lowly and her maidservant. So she, humble people. We don't know much, but because she loved God and believed what the angel of the Lord had promised, she was willing to go through with it. She loved God. She believed his word. And no matter how hard this would be for her, she was willing to go through with it. That that should be our calling this evening, this Christmas, that God's blessings and doing God's will isn't always the easiest thing to do. And in fact, it's often the hard thing to do. It'd be easy to obey if everything God asked us to do was easy. We would be the most obedient people on the planet. This church would be walking with... Uh, you know, the most you know, obedient award church. But, be, but because it's hard what he says to do. Be separate from, separated from among them. And I will receive you and you will be my sons and daughters. Be separated from the things of this world. Do not love the world. Do not want to be like the world. Do not envy sinners. For their day is coming. Turn from, you know, unrighteousness and turn to what is good and the guidance that he gives us. And it's all contrary to what our flesh wants to do. But because we love him and we believe his word to be legit and true and good, we say, yes, Lord, we'll do that hard thing that you ask us to do. Why do we do what God wants us to do when it's hard? Because we love him. I think of mothers in general at this time of year. I think of my wife and how amazingly she works towards the benefit of our children. She'll get up at a, at, at a hint of them being up in the middle of the night and run to the bedroom 
and me and my flesh shall be like, yes. <laughs> you got this? Okay. It's special, that care. Why does she get up? Because she loves them very much. And if she didn't love them very much, then I'd get up. But because I know she loves them so much that if she needs my help, she'll let me know, then I'll get up. But it's a mother's love. Why do we do what's hard for the Lord? Because we love him. That's why. I don't care if it's convenient. I don't care. I can complain. I'll complain to the Lord many a times. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.